hello and welcome to yet another episode of let's talk cricket podcast i'm your host devang naik and we have uh, clinton ribello rahil malgaonkar raj armani and a new member in our panel sanket singhbal uh, and we are going to talk about uh, we're going to review the uh, final that was held in southampton between india and new zealand which was the uh, world test championship final and uh, it was indeed a heartbreak for the indian fans and uh, new zealand i mean they showed that the nice guys can finish fast uh, okay so let's quickly uh, compare the sides uh, between these two uh, the indian side uh, they announced they're playing 11 uh, one day before the toss so they took two spinners and three fast bowlers uh, so yeah raj uh, do you think uh, india should have taken an extra pacer or an extra batsman uh, instead of picking two spinners because the way the new zealand pacers were swinging the ball i mean we could have got siraj or some uh, siraj or some other pacer to swing the ball uh, look in the hindsight we could say anything we could say that we could have gone with four uh, pacers we could have uh, gone with siraj uh, but i think we all agreed and i think almost everyone uh, agreed that the playing 11 which india picked was the best playing 11 our spinners have been good uh even in the overseas for the past few years at least i'm not saying before that but at least for the past few years they have been good ashwin has been good in the australian series as well so i think and even in the uh, even in the finals which just concluded yesterday uh which i don't think had that much assistance to the spinners but he did a really good job so uh, no matter how it turned out and whatever happened i think the decision to pick uh two spinners was right at that time but of course if maybe siraj was picked then things could have been different but we can never say but i i will stick to my uh, words that it is the it was the right decision to pick two spinners yeah even i thought that uh, this could be india's uh, best 11 uh, so Sing- uh, sanket uh, welcome to our podcast panel uh, for the first time here uh, so Uh, what do you think about the new zealand uh, playing 11 they've gone with that gone with five pacers yeah that has been the you know t- the usual template for new zealand at home in conditions which are you know somewhat similar to what you know you had at southampton i think there are differences like i think people often you know mistakenly conflate the conditions in england for being identical to the ones in new zealand because i think the conditions in new zealand generally ease out over the course of the second innings and the pitch becomes really good to bat on in the second innings that's why you generally bowl first in new zealand but i think the larger point was that the spinners are generally rendered completely redundant in new zealand even in the second innings and that was the case even even here at southampton like there were people you know, there were experts like shane won who were you know tweeting about new zealand not playing a spinner and and how that would come back to bite them but i think new zealand have shown over the last like three or four years that this is the template that has worked really well for them and this is the reason why they've been unbeaten at home for such a long time and the conditions here were similar to that so i think that was i think the right selection and the it has clearly been vindicated that is this is exactly the same bowling attack that actually bowled india out at home in the series that took place in in new zealand in in, in february march 2020 so i think the i think they've just stuck to the basics they've not tried to do you know anything too extravagant and the conditions are obviously played played into the hands and and yeah i think when you have five seamers of you know of such quality with the relentlessness and the the consistency with which they just come keep coming at you i think it not only allows the others to you know rest up and rotate properly 
but they also are all ask different questions like even though it's five seamers they all they all offer something completely different from one another you've got Kyle Jamison who's like a big six feet eight he's tall he can get that extra bounce you've got Neil Wagner who's a short ball specialist you know from that extremely awkward uh, over the wicket angle to the Uh, over the wicket left arm angle to the right hander you've got trent bolt who is a traditional left arm swing bowler and you've got tim saudi who's, who's a traditional right arm swing bowler who can also use that three quarter wobble seam and then you've got colin de grandom who's like more of a medium pace seam bowler and he's, he's steadily accurate i think so uh, yeah i think that's just a you know people often say, say that you should be picking a spinner for the sake of variety but i don't think variety needs to come necessarily in the form of pace and spin uh, you can have variety even among the seamers like the new zealand attack showed and yeah i think the conditions were absolutely tailor made for them and uh, they made full use of full use of it yeah absolutely and uh, clinton what about the uh, where did india go wrong we played two years of brilliant test cricket we've uh, we've just wa- we've just lost against uh, the one match the one series that we've lost was against new zealand in new zealand we've uh, we've dominated i mean we've played really well we won the series in australia we've won in the west indies and then we've won all the home games but now when it comes to knockouts and finals india again uh, you can say they've choked and uh, where do you think uh, india have gone wrong was it in their batting or was it in the lack of the swing they were producing well hindsight is a very good teacher as they say so yeah if we actually sit down and try to pinpoint uh, where india went wrong firstly uh, we lost the toss which was really very crucial i mean uh, but still our openers did a decent job by scoring more than 50 plus uh, runs in the first innings much to everyone's surprise because even when we had our podcast we had uh, kind of suggested that the openers uh, will both score in single digits so they proved us wrong uh pujara's batting i feel in the last uh, five four to five matches which he's played has not been really good so that as well uh, virat kohli tried his best but was undone by some brilliant bowling from jameson and then yeah the lower middle order in the, with the likes of rishabh pant uh, ravindra jadeja and ashwin too did not really do enough because if you compare uh, the top 6 of india and new zealand in the first innings there wasn't really much of a difference kane williamson uh, top scored with 49 rahane top scored with 49 for us but it was the contribution from tim saudi he scored 30 jameson scored 21 whereas our lower middle order and the tail did not wag which you know could have got us those extra 30 40 crucial runs which could have made the difference i feel at the end but having said that i mean new zealand were the better team uh, the conditions suited them we also have to remember that this match was just what four days three and three four days maybe because two days were completely washed out we didn't have any cricket even on the second day we had just 64 overs bowled so new zealand for them to win with such circumstances and such playing conditions uh, really speaks volumes about their team and uh, yeah they were the better side and we need to appreciate it yeah as you as you rightly pointed out the uh, how important the contribution is uh, required from the uh, 
Hegel Enders and uh, looking at the way uh, Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor, both of them, uh, the captain and the vice captain of the New Zealand side, the way they've uh, uh, kept their composure and formed their partnership and batted together uh, while chasing. Uh, do you think uh, there was any score uh, that was safe for India? I think if they had to score anything above 200 would have been, uh, meaning giving them a target of around 200 would have been tricky because New Zealand would have not been sure whether to go for it from ball one or whether to play safe and, you know, uh, then go for it with 10 overs to spare. So when you ask the opposition to chase around 140 odd, there's not really much uh, that you can do. And yes, yesterday's conditions, it was bright sunshine. Ball was not doing a lot. Our uh, swimmers went up to the mark. And if you realize, as Raj also pointed out, Ravichandran Ashwin got us the breakthrough in both the innings. Yeah. So, uh, spin, his spin really uh, played a factor uh, in getting us breakthroughs at the crucial time. I feel Kohli could have tried uh, opening with Ashwin uh, as he does in India and has had a lot of success under, uh, you know, on a day five pitch. Which... Yeah, since they were, the, our paces were not getting any swing. Yeah, correct. And Ishan yeah. Sharma and Jaspit Bumrah also, you know, They've been really, really good throughout the World Test Championship, but just yeah. it's just just kind that kind of day that you know nothing really worked and it was tough for India. Yeah. About the nerves in the, in the final uh, and Rahil, uh, we've had a lot of expectations. If not on the captain Kohli, we've had a lot of expectations on Chiteshwar Pujara, Jinke Rahane, and even Rishabh Pant to uh, you know really score big. But the way. Uh, Okay, let's talk about Rishabh Pant first, Rahil. Uh, the way he's, uh, he's he had he was batting in the first innings, like he literally wanted to throw his wicket, and then even the second innings, uh, he was like taking a lot of risks, but ended up scoring the highest runs, if I'm not wrong, uh, for India in the second innings. So, uh, what do you what do you think? Uh, how uh, how the the middle order didn't live up to expectations? Yeah, definitely the middle order were were very disappointing uh, and especially someone like Cheteshwar, Pujara, uh, Virat Kohli, Rahane who expected to perform even on our previous podcast we were very confident about uh, you know the middle order they they were very disappointing no doubt. Uh, Rishabh Pant yes he is the highest scorer but I think in the first innings the way he played Kyle Jameson wasn't expected from him because it's a World Cup final it's it's not like uh, you have many matches to you know um, come back or something uh, yes he tried his best in the second innings but I think uh, overall everyone in, in the Indian team has been disappointing overall the team hasn't been um hasn't been you know that aggressive i would say hasn't looked like they have come to play play a final match um so yeah that's that's what i could say you know and uh, look at the kind of shot rishabh pant played against kylie jameson a person who has uh, immense amount of bounce and swing even at, at the 50th over the kind of shot rishabh pant was picking up uh, i mean choosing and in the first innings was um, I, I can't I can't really say anything about it but uh, yeah you know overall I, I found India's uh, gameplay and India's uh, performance uh, 
very average. At least the bowlers tried, but the batsmen were very disappointed. Big question was, uh, I mean, a lot of people were talking about it. Uh, did India miss Bhuneshwar Kumar a lot than any other uh, player in the side? This is, I think, this is a question uh, for all of you. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, say that they have missed Bhuvaneshwar Kumar that much because uh, we have won test matches before, uh, you know, without Bhuvaneshwar Kumar. But, uh, uh, like, you know, I, I kind of had my doubts that we we might miss a fourth fast bowler. But considering the fact that uh, Southampton is a pitch where... Uh, you know there is some uh, some amount of turn for the spinners we all agreed the fact that two spinners would be really really fine but uh, eventually that didn't work out so right now i think everyone feels that absence of bhuvaneshwar kumar or uh, mohammed siraj only because we lost the match uh, i think if the result was something else we would have agreed to the fact that this is the best side but you know when things go wrong we all we all kind of uh, uh, come to a conclusion where we we start missing uh, you know players uh, it's, it's something like that india has won uh, matches uh, you know without bhuvneshwar kumar uh, but yeah i think some an extra fast bowler not specifically bhuvneshwar kumar an extra fast bowler someone like siraj or anyone else might have been effective so yeah it's just that the result didn't go in our favor and we all we all you know uh, starting to miss someone or the other so yeah you could also argue that if uh, if siraj had to play in the 11 uh, you you sh- i mean obviously you wouldn't drop any other pacer for siraj would have gone to drop by the uh, i mean obviously you would have you would have gone to drop uh, ravindra jadeja but if you drop ravindra jadeja uh, raj uh, then we would have missed that extra batsman because if you take uh, siraj then our batting lineup would have shortened more absolutely and that is another reason why i was uh, in favor of going with two spinners that is ashwin and jadeja if it was any other spinner then i wouldn't push for him so much but uh, jadeja give provides you with that uh, batting option and he provides you with that quick scoring option uh, who can come down the order and score those quick 30 40 runs which ultimately uh, difference and could be the uh, difference between win or a lose but uh, too bad that it did not work out and uh, talking about bhuneshwar kumar uh, another aspect uh, primarily first thing is i don't remember when was the last time he played test i don't think he has played test for india for the last one or two years at least uh, if my memory is right even maybe more but i don't think he has played for one or two years even keeping that aside uh, also also another thing the main reason why he has not played is uh, because of his fitness concerns we saw in the last year's ipl also after playing just what four or five games he got injured and his injury concerns have been a lot so i don't know meaning it it, it this could be a totally crazy thing but uh, there was a huge chance that maybe he could have got injured also playing so maybe that is the reason they did not pick him because they have like they have skepticism about his injuries 
बट अदर देन दैट ऑफकोर्स दोज कंडीशन वर द बेस्ट एंड आइडियली सुटेड फॉर भुवनेश्वर कुमार एंड नो मैटर हाउ वेल सिराज हेज प्लेड आई वुड स्टील से दैट भुवनेश्वर कुमार इज एट द मोमेंट इंडियाज बेस्ट स्विंग बोलर अवेलेबल बट ही वॉज नॉट इवन पिक्ड इन द स्कॉड आई फील ही शुड हैव बीन पिक्ड इन द स्कॉड at least for the england england uh, tour that is coming up but now i don't know what we can say okay right uh, so sanket uh, i want to ask you what was the difference between the performance that india have uh, had uh, when they played in australia or west indies and the difference uh, when they've played the final here in england yeah i think i think as rahil pointed out and inraj mentioned that you know players often become better when they are out of the side so yeah i mean bhuvneshwar kumar hasn't played test cricket for india since the third test at johannesburg in 2008 18 which was in january so it's been three and a half years since he played test cricket but i think the major factor here with regards to bhuvneshwar kumar or any other seamer is that right now i think india's tail is probably the biggest weakness that they have in their team particularly in conditions like south africa new zealand and england where you know the new ball swings around and it generally gets better to bat on you know with the when the ball gets older by the 60th 70th over that's when you know you, you expect you know some your lower order to cash in you know in the 2018 series in england which india lost 4-1 england's top order was no better than india's india had virat kohli who i think scored almost close to 600 runs england did not have anyone who came anywhere close to that but they still won the series courtesy lower order contributions from the likes of chris wokes and sam curran and india just do not have the players to you know replicate that sort of output even and when they lost in new zealand it was kyle jameson who played you know extremely vital knocks lower down the order uh, and we saw that again in this test with Kyle Jameson and Tim Saudi pro- providing the you know the match deciding knocks cameos in the lower order when new zealand were just you know hovering around at less than 2 and over in the first innings and 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 it looked like the match was heading towards a pretty dull draw it was it was the quick fire hitting from those two that actually propelled new zealand into a lead and gave them enough time to force a victory so yeah i think this is obviously a major weakness for india and i think bhuvneshwar kumar is probably the only bowler in the indian side who can you know somewhat come close to you know is i don't think he's he's, he's an all rounder in the, in a way that someone like a chris wokes or sam curran is but he's a bowler who can bat a bit and he does add a bit more cushion to the batting lineup uh, at 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 number 8 and number 9 at right now they just uh, have you know once they're seven down you can pretty much say that they are all out because you got three genuine number 11 so you probably cannot trust to last more than a over so that's a big weakness for india and i think that is i think the main reason why they're not able to play five five proper bowlers or four seamers because none of the seamers bat so if they're playing five bowlers they have to play two spinners even though the conditions are not conducive to playing two spinners but this is the only way that they can fit five bowlers into the side because the only bowlers who can bat for india are the spinners that's ashwin jadeja or even if you go back to the england series at home we had akshar patel and washington sundar and all those guys not a single seamer in india bats to an acceptable degree unless you consider someone like charles thakur i don't think would be necessarily an improvement in the bowling attack anyways and he's definitely not going to uh, come anywhere close to ma- matching the consistency and the quality of the new zealand attack so and i think that's the main difference between a team like australia and teams like south africa new zealand england 
I think the one major difference between Australia and these three countries is that in Australia, you get there is space and bounce, but the ball doesn't really move laterally of the seam. The pitches are generally on the flatter side. You know, Sydney was as good as that continental wicket. Gabba, yes, that was a fortress for Australia, but the pitch had bounce, but it did not have extravagant lateral movement. The only conditions where, you know, I think ball moved extravagantly of the seam was in the day-night test at Adelaide and India struggled there. So I think even in Australia, when the conditions, the ball has done something of the same, India have struggled. And so it's not a surprise that they've struggled in places like South Africa, New Zealand, England. The other thing I would say is that Australia, like India, have this problem where uh, they do not have a seam bowling all-rounder. Although Australia's lower order does bat better than India's. They've been on the likes of Cummins, you know, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Stuck. They all can contribute with the bat in a way that India's bowlers cannot. But they still are not genuine all-rounders. They're not, they're, they're not like they often end up playing only four bowlers against India, and one of those happens to be Nathan Lyon, who's a spinner. And India plays spin bowling generally really well. And Mitchell Stark's record against India is absolutely awful. So it was when when India played against Australia, they had to deal with Cummins, Hazelwood, and then there was a major drop off in quality. Whereas when you're playing against South Africa, when they played against South Africa in 2018, they had Stain, Philander, Mokkal, and Rabada. That's four absolutely world-class bowlers. And when Stain got injured, they brought in Ngedi, and he was very impressive in his debut series. You had four seamers in the side. When they played England, they had Anderson, Broad, Sam Curran, Chris Wokes, and Ben Stokes. That's five proper seamers. Uh, and there was absolutely no letting up, and, and they were at you all the time. And the same with New Zealand. They have five proper seamers in, in Saudi, Bolt, Wagner, Jameson, and DeGranholm. So I think this is the probably, you know, the two things that really set India apart from these sides is that uh, India don't have the batting depth to be able to play those five bowlers. And I think, and, and the other sides, like the opposition can play five proper bowlers. And so they're able to rotate their bowlers much better. And they're, and there's absolutely no letting up. Like India have got three world-class fast bowlers in Shami, Ishant, and Boomrah. But ultimately, you know, bowlers do get tired. And in their third or fourth spells, there is a let-up, which we saw even yesterday or or other, I think on day five, when when New Zealand soaked up the new ball, Kane Williamson, you know, soaked up all the pressure that India threw at him earlier, early on. And when the bowlers began to tire, that is when, you know, the lower order big hitters like Saudi and Jameson came in and took uh, took advantage of a tiring attack. That is something that is not possible if you have five proper bowlers. And India cannot play five proper bowlers because none of them bat. And, that, and that, that's, I think, the main reason why they're struggling so much against these five proper pre- pace attacks. Whereas that's not so much a case against Australia, who also only rely heavily on two bowlers. And then, then there is a major letdown in quality. So I think these are the possibly the two big reasons why, you know, India have, India have done well in Australia, but they continue to struggle against these sides. And I think that is probably the reason why they might struggle in England once again. I think we'll find out soon enough, but yeah. Yeah, multiple questions answered there and uh, perfectly, perfectly put up there, uh, Sanket. Uh, now let's talk about. I mean, we've we've been speaking about this in the last uh, podcast as well. Uh, that just one match for one test match in the final uh, uh, can't be, you know, uh, shouldn't decide which is the better, uh, which is the best test side. Uh, so uh, we've Sanket, we've seen uh, Virat's uh, interview, 
uh, even he uh, didn't agree with just keeping one game for a final yeah i think i think i think we need to you know first define what the purpose of a world test championship is uh, whether it is to determine the best side in the world or whether it is like a world cup where it's just seen as a celebration of the sport rather than necessarily you know a legacy defining single tournament uh, and yeah i think and i think this is where i think the important distinction comes uh, i personally do not see world world test championship as, as as something that determines the best side in the world because ultimately even even when you're playing a 50 over world cup if if you have a 50 over world cup in england then they will obviously be the big, be the big favorites whereas if you play it in india then i think india would have a much better chance so uh, winning the world cup doesn't mean that you're the best odi side in the world it just means that you're probably the best odi side in the world in the conditions where the world cup was held and i think the same goes for the world test championship uh, if the same if the same final was held in india or sri lanka or the uae india would have probably beaten new zealand by an innings so it i don't think new zealand are a better test side than india just because they won the world test championship final i think it just means that they are a better side in these conditions so i'm not necessarily sure whether you know converting a one off test into a three match series would necessarily you know change anything because ultimately if you're playing three tests in the same conditions then again once again you're only really finding out who the better side in these conditions is i think if even if you play a three test series between new zealand and india in these conditions new zealand would come out on top quite comfortably but that wouldn't mean that they are a better side than india because i think if you, to judge who the better side is overall you need to look at their overall results over a decent period of time like in cricket generally runs in four year cycles where you play each other they like play everyone else form in a way uh, so i think the icc rankings which are over a four year rolling period even though there are obviously flaws in the system but i think they are a much better indicator of consistency and quality of a team rather than any world test championship final so whether it's a one one off test or whether it's three test series i think that will only tell you who the better side is in 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 the in the conditions where the final was held rather than the better side overall and i think i think if you if you want to be the best side overall then i think you got to look at their results against the rest of the field and not just against each other because you know sometimes matchups turn out such in in such a manner that you know one matchup might suit uh, an opposition uh, but that doesn't mean that they would necessarily be better against someone else Uh, so the rule of i think i think the rule of transitive property doesn't necessarily apply in sports where a is greater than c and b is greater than c that means a is greater than c i think sports doesn't work that way it is about matchups it's about conditions so i don't think any i, I don't think a, a one off final or even three test series would be you know a fair indicator of the best side in the world i think you need to look at the four year output home and away in all conditions for a team to judge that but as far as the world test championship finals concern i see it as more of a you know i think it's 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 like a world cup where it's it's an it's a knockout tournament and it's 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 a good way i think to market the sport uh, and 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 advertise it to you know people who might not follow it otherwise like i mean and i would say so far it has been pretty successful because i have seen people who otherwise do not follow cricket at all uh, tweet about it and you know post in stories on instagram about the world test championship final so i think that is just the charm of a world cup even though you know 
bilateral test series between New Zealand and India took place last year as well. But the number of people that actually had their eyes on this final compared to, you know, a normal bilateral series, I think you will see a huge difference. In it. So I personally think the World Test Championship is a, is a marketing product. It is to grow the sport and to revive interest in test cricket. So as long as it does that, I think that should be fine. I don't think it should necessarily be seen as something that determines the best side in the world. So I'm okay with the one-off final, I think. And 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 I, I just think that, that the charm of a, of a World Cup or any such tournament lies in its knockout it lies in its knockout format. So uh, I think a three-test series would, you know, probably just make it another bilateral series rather than uh, a final as such. And I think that might actually, you know, kill the interest of the, you know, the casual fans whom this format is trying to attract. So I think one-off final is ideal for, you know, what this World Test Championship has been designed to achieve. Absolutely. I mean, uh, this tournament has uh, grown uh, a lot of, gained a lot of uh, popularity for test cricket uh, that we all wanted to see as uh, as true cricket fans, uh, test cricket getting revived. Uh, so, Clinton and Raj, uh, Rahil, do you all want to add anything about uh, the one-off final? I would uh, agree to whatever Sanket has said uh, and uh, especially what he said before about a lower batting Lower down, the, I mean, lower batting order, and I feel that has always been India's problem since I think decade long. So, so yeah, that's that's that itself is a separate topic. But right now, what uh, the Indians have to figure out is, you know, they they I would say they desperately need a um, fast bowling all rounder who can, uh, you know come up into the side and do either, you know, both both the things. Someone like Hardik Pandya or someone... Uh, because we don't have a replacement for Hardik Pandya at all. The reason why in the previous podcast I said Shardul Thakur is because he is the only batting potential I can see uh, rather than, um, uh, uh, I would say, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar. But Bhuvaneshwar Kumar is injured. So... So I think in what India right now has to, you know, kind of find is a fast bowling all-rounder. And I think once they get a nice fast bowling all-rounder into their side, um, it will be it will be really, um, you know, balanced. The side will be balanced, especially in, in the conditions like England. So India really have to figure that out. With regard to... Having a three-test match uh, championship to de- determine the final. Uh, currently, given the restrictions of bio bubble and COVID situation all around the world, it would be a little harsh on the teams, you know, to be in a bubble for so long. So, given these circumstances, I feel now a one-test, uh, one-test match final is fine. But uh, as Sanket said. Uh, a knockout format to determine the finalist and to de- determine a champion is uh, not really the right thing because on one one bad day one bad session you know can uh, just determine the result of a game so uh, as he's also pointed out about the icc rankings you know which uh, give you a much better picture of how consistent a team has been all through uh, the year and how they function and how they perform. So, yeah, uh, that's it. And I also think that 
you know this this debate has actually been going on across all formats like ever since the ipl introduced that playoff system there there have been talks among fans that even the 50 over world cup should have a playoff style playoff style format yeah. where you know yeah. Oh, yeah, where, where you know the team finishing in the top to get another chance they could have probably implemented that in the 2019 world cup but india you know lost to new zealand who were actually i think finished fifth fourth in the group table and they were knocked out so yeah i mean i think i think these things are a part of the sport i think fans can often be you know you know a little bit emotional when when the side loses in a knockout game and i think that that's fine but i i i'm i'm a firm believer that the beauty of a world cup or any any knockout tournament lies in this in this kind of chaos so new zealand were obviously on the wrong end of it in in in, in 2015 and 2019 and they finally tested tasted glory india might you know do so again in a few years uh, so I, i just think that's it's part of the sport and i don't think we should you know tamper with it but obviously there are valid arguments to you know have a more meritocratic system but i just think at least in test cricket i don't think a three test series would be feasible you know partly for the reasons clinton pointed out as well with regards to the bio bubble and the fact that you know the cricketing schedule is already quite packed and uh, fitting a three test series in would be you know i think quite a challenge and i also think as i said i don't think even a three test series would necessarily determine the best side in the world because that would only tell you who the better side is in particular conditions Yes, uh, absolutely. And uh, now, obviously, since uh, India have lost uh, another final under Virat Kohli, uh, the, the trend starts uh, sack Virat Kohli as the captain and make Rahane the captain. So, uh, under that, uh, do you think there was any... I mean, uh, what, what were the differences between uh, the Kane Williamson as the captain, uh, the way he's led his side, uh, the field placements and the bowling changes, whatever he's made? And, and plus, and what about the... Uh, Uh, the leadership of Virat Kohli in this final. Were there any flaws? Uh, could you like uh, point it out to his uh, leadership? Yeah, I think as far as tactics are concerned, I personally feel the role of a captain in Test cricket is highly overrated. I, I just think that with the with the level of data analysis and video analysis that is available to teams these days, most of the st- stuff is actually the planning is done by the backroom staff. You've got Crickviz analysts working with teams. You've got you know video analysts and i've seen the the australian documentary as well in which was you know documenting that journey uh, f- from the 2018 fallout of the sandpaper gate till the ashes retention in england in in 2019 and having seen how the backroom stuff works i think the captain and the coach actually have a very rim- limited role to play and, uh, and there are a number of people involved in this decision making particularly in a format like test cricket where you got which is which is obviously much slower paced than limited overs cricket and you've got a break after all almost every two hours with the lunch break and and then the tea break there there are enough there is enough time for the captains to you know consult the team management and consult the backroom staff to actually you know change their change their plan of attack so i personally i'm not too sure there is you know a great deal of difference between you know cap, the captaincy of sevrat kohli and shankar hane because ultimately they're both functioning under the same team management and they're functioning under the same su- support staff and they ultimately have the access to the same same level of information but uh, yeah i think i think the one criticism that you could possibly have leveled at virat kohli in the past is that i think he's often been a little bit over ambitious with regards to you know chasing down totals and you know in, in, instead of just 
you know accepting a draw and uh, it's of it's it's become a bit of an ego issue in the past you saw that at adelaide in 2014 where india just went for the target and ended up getting bowled out when they could have easily chosen to draw the match on a flat surface uh, we saw that even at oval in 2018 where india were well placed for a draw uh, yet they still you know decided to go for an improbable victory and ended up ended up losing uh, losing their all their wickets and you know ended up losing series 4-1 but i'm not too sure that is a criticism that i would level at virat kohli for this test because i think you know the na- the very nature of this this rain shortened test matches that the side bowling first has a huge huge advantage because uh when the, the side batting third basically are in a situation where you know they have to not only you know get get runs where score enough runs to be safe but they also have to you know have enough time to bowl the opposition out in the fourth innings and given the amount of time that was lost to rain uh, there was absolutely no way that india were going to have enough time to bowl new zealand out in the fourth inning so for them it was like you know they had to you know survive but they had absolutely no chance of winning so that is i think often a tricky situation for batsmen uh, you know i think i think the most famous example would be the 2006 adelaide test the iconic ashes test where shane won bowled england out uh, in in on on day 5 they were you know just one down in the third innings at, at the start of the day's play and they bowled they they were bowled out for 160 odd and, and then australia knocked the chase knocked the total down and won the match you know on day 5 so i i just think teams are often in a fix whether to attack or defend when when you're in this kind of situation and i think clinton rightly pointed out the toss played a huge huge role in in the result of this match uh, and once once india lost the toss and once the overs were lost due to rain it was always going to be a race against time for india with regards to winning this test but they could obviously all, always lose the test if they had a collapse in the third innings so and and if you look at the nature of the indian batting lineup they are an inherently attacking batting lineup with the exception of cheteshwar pujara so you know even if you ask players like a rohit sharma to bat or or a rishabh pant to bat for a draw i am not sure that is necessarily the right approach for them because i don't think they necessarily have the you know the defensive technique to you know bat for a draw so i i think i think it was the right approach to for for players to just trust the natural games and i think that is what they did in brisbane as well where you had chiteshwar pujara who was holding fort at one end and you had stroke makers like gil rahane and rishabh pant were playing shots at the other end and it it worked out really well for india because pujara batted for a long time and you know he was he was the rock on which the entire innings was formed but that that did not happen yesterday because pujara fell early and the rest of the batting lineup collapsed so i'm not so sure i would you know blame kohli's tactics or his aggression in this in, in this particular instance and as far as the you know the bowling changes and the field placements are concerned as i said i think that is i'm not too sure the captains have a lot of input in that i think a lot of that comes down from the backroom stuff so yeah and as far as kane williamson is concerned i think again i think i would say the same thing i think he's he's a coach's captain he's again not someone i would call describe as a tactical genius in in a way that someone like a maybe a brendan mccallum was before him he's someone who executes plan a's that are given to him by the team management and he generally does that pretty well and with when you have the quality of the bowling resources that he has got with five fast bowlers uh, of of such quality then i think that obviously makes your life a lot easier because you don't need to worry about you know 
resting and rotating the bowlers because you've got quality options anyways, whereas that's probably a little bit harder to manage with a four-man attack. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so Sanket has covered up, I think, uh, the whole, uh, the whole, all the points with regard to the differences between these captains uh, and the and the impact that they get into their side. Uh, Raj, uh, Clinton, uh, Rahil, do you, I mean, do you want to add any points uh, regarding the debate that's been going on? You know, all the Twitter trends and all this, uh, all this stuff. Yeah, Sanket almost rightly pointed out everything that was going on in my mind. Uh, he correctly pointed out that the role of a captain is highly overrated and it is uh, we have seen in uh, the documentary on Australia on Amazon Prime I am not able to recollect the name I think it was named The Test and we have also seen I am talking about a totally different format but we have also seen a documentary on Mumbai Indians uh, on Netflix and uh, me, I don't have any personal experience with any cricketing, professional cricketing teams. But uh, by what I saw in both of these documentaries is that most of the work about the tactics or about who will play, what will be the batting order and all is mostly done by the management. So as Sanket rightly pointed out, they have data analysts and a whole team uh, that aids the captain and the uh, coach to take all these decisions. So I don't think personally that if uh, that the loss was because of Virat Kohli's captaincy or that if any other captain, say even MS Dhoni, and I'm saying this because you pointed out uh, the Twitter trends, MS Dhoni is arguably India's one of the best captains ever. Uh, or even say Ganguly for that matter, if there was any other captain, I don't think India could have won this game. Uh, the loss of India in the final was more because of uh, their weakness in those conditions and their batting failure. I would say uh, then captaincy. I don't think I don't think we can point out anything on the team management or any decision making apart from maybe one thing that we could have pointed out is that they picked the wrong playing 11, but that is also highly debatable. So I don't see any one reason why we can blame uh, the captain or the team management for this loss. And uh, we have seen how India has performed over the last five years. We have been winning the test mace every year. Uh, right from, I think, 2017 or 16. I cannot recollect, but it is for the last five years as far as I remember. So, when we have been so successful over so many years, I don't see uh, why we should change our captain just for one game, just because of one game. And this applies not only to the captain, but to the whole, the, the entire team as a whole. Our team was world-class. I don't think we should just change or make chops and changes just because of this one test. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying just stick with this team forever, but... Uh, let us see how they perform and uh, in the coming games and then take a call. Uh, but for now, just because of this one test, uh, final, World Test Championship final should not be a deci deciding point to make any major changes in the team is all I would want to say. Yeah, just to add to what both of you had said, I mean, uh, Virat has undoubtedly been one of the top 
test captains of india i i won't uh, say that for limited overs but uh, test test cricket wise he has been really really good and uh, he has made this team you know comparatively aggressive to other test playing nations as sankit pointed out that uh, he went for the win in adelaide and uh, even in england wherein the match could have easily been a draw and uh, 99 out of 100 times the teams would have probably gone for a draw but uh, it was his fearlessness and his enthusiasm i think dhoni was not playing that game because of overweight or he was injured or he retired i'm not very sure but uh, kohli was the captain for that game and they almost won it i i remember i had yeah, come yeah, to yeah. school and i was watching it and i was like come on you're you're going to chase around 300 Uh, in the last Correct. day they were batting on day 5 it was it was something really mind blowing and that's why we all remember it and speak about it even today so virat as a test hey, captain hey, has been uh, quite good yeah so i think uh, it's a, it's a wrap up from our from our panel uh, and uh, in the next episode we're going to talk about uh, india's tour of sri lanka that's going to be happening in july uh, till then tune into spotify Uh, and do follow us on our instagram handle let's talk cricket podcast uh, and uh, till then get vaccinated stay safe maintain social distances uh, and uh, take care